but I just remember like being in my backyard with our kids. We're like hunkered down already because like the world's ending. And then on top of that, there's just like ash raining down in our backyards on our table, you know, on our patio. Because the only place we could be, like the only refuge we had was to be outside and like this little patio that we have in our backyard. And then you just literally see it like snowing gray ash in our yard. And I was like, the world is, the world is literally ending. Like this is it. And um, that was a really sort of, that was a a really scary moment, I think. Um, Hey guys, I'm Anthony Palmer, and this is Wake Dead Drink Repeat. The goal of this show is to serve as a tool to help us all be better versions of ourselves tomorrow than we are today. We do this by getting a little uncomfortable and vulnerable at times with the questions and conversations had here, by building up a community that supports one another, by sharing stories and laughs, and hopefully by growing together. My guest this week on the pod is Andy Pearson. Andy's a dad of two, the VP of creative for Liquid Death Mountain Water, an ultra runner, and a man capable of growing a lot of hair. Andy and I dive into a lot on the pod this week. Andy talks about some funny stories from the campaigns he's worked on at Liquid Death, like capturing some of Tony Hawk's blood his training for the Barkley Marathon and the Vol State Race. We also dive into the world of climate change and how we view its impacts now as dads. We talk about how important protecting our planet and playgrounds are so we can adventure with our kids, how we are capable of making that change we need. Andy wraps up the show with some killer thoughts during our rapid fire section. A big thanks to Andy for joining me on the pod this week and to Wake Dead Drink Repeat alumni Dominic Grossman for helping to connect us. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also do it on Spotify, follow along with us on our social platforms, and to share this episode with a fellow dad. So here's this week's episode titled Creativity Leads to Success, Liquid Death, Ultra Running, and Punk Music with Andy Pearson. Well, cool, Andy. Well, we'll, we'll um, I guess that's a that's as good a spot as any to, to kind of jump into this thing here, man. Um, so I... Um, Dominic Grossman, you know, obviously connected us together for, uh, for having you on the pod. And, um, he, he, I said the same question I just said to you, I said, Hey man, got anyone you think would be great, you know, guest for the show, like, let me know. And he immediately was like, Oh, my buddy, Andy. And we were talking about you for a second. And he's like, yeah. And actually he, he, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he works at, at this company called liquid death. And I started laughing. I said, <laughs> I am you're all's like greatest poster child at whole foods because that is like the first thing I do. Anytime I walk into whole foods here in Knoxville, I go straight to the water cooler. I grab a can of liquid death and I drink it as I walk around shopping. I, it is like <laughs> it's dumb. It's weird that it's become my thing, but it is like, yeah, it is my favorite. And I am a, I am nothing but a little bit of a princess when it comes to like my, my bottled water. And I, it's so damn good. And I'm not just saying mm. that to blow smoke up your ass. It's good water. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for any of the water. It is, um, it is all from the Austrian Alps. You know, it's like real, you know, bottle that or canned at a spring out there. So yeah. I can take absolutely zero credit for the taste of the water. Can you take credit for um, stealing some of Tony Hawk's blood? Because uh... <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I did personally. <laughs> I guess I didn't personally steal it. I had, I was behind him as we were doing it. Um, yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we, we basically, he's an ambassador for us and an investor. And so um, the thinking was that like, basically 
you know, if he's an ambassador, we, you know, essentially own his soul because you can sell your soul to liquid death on our website, right. um, to join our country club. So, which is a legally binding contract, by the way, if you, if you sign up for it. And um, so we're like, well, we, we own his soul. So your soul is like maybe containing your blood. So we might as well take his blood too, and then put it into like pain into skate decks. So that was like, yeah, that was like my second week on the job. Was oh my was lord! Down. <laughs> I was just like on Tony's ramp in his in his like warehouse, like watching, you know, overseeing the drawing of blood, and then that we had it and <laughs> took it to uh, uh, you know, to this guy in Pasadena like a day later and mixed it in all this the pain and and did these decks and they sold out like instantly. So that was that was kind of my intro working at liquid death which is pretty amazing that's a hell of an intro man yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah it is truly one of like the most creative and hilarious uh like marketing ads i feel like i've ever seen in my life i i, I have <laughs> ne- i don't know that i've ever really sat down and like watched an ad multiple times over but i was laughing yeah. so hard at that and he he was so funny during it like yeah. just very raw and oh god it was so funny and then Yesterday, I was like, you know, prepping, getting ready for our interview today. And yeah. um, you put something up on Instagram. What is it? I'm, I never say his name right. Is it Wiz Khalifa? Or Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The that the bo- best bong water. <laughs> like, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That was a much different shoot. That was. Uh, I, I definitely. Imagine. Yeah. I I definitely was probably not entirely sober by the time <laughs> I left that shoot. Uh, not on my own accord, just purely right. from being in the room with, with what was happening. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. We just get to like, you know, we get to, to play with culture. I think like, I think the fun part about all this stuff is, um, you know, the I've, I've worked in advertising for, and, I guess technically 13 years now. Wow. Makes it sound like a long time. And um, yeah, but like the whole, you know, the company is like built on the premise. It's like everyone fucking hates advertising. Everyone hates marketing. So like yeah. everything we do is, you know, intended to just poke fun at the, the thing that we're actually making in the first place. Sure. And um, yeah, so that's, that's the fun is like, man, if you can make some crazy content, make people laugh, and then also make fun of your own job in the pro in the process. <laughs> like secretly, it's pretty it's pretty like meta fun to be able to do that. I think. Oh yeah, well, and it's a great yeah. like we talk about it on the show a lot. And I mean, you've got you've got two young kids. You got a, a four year old and a, and a just recently two year old. And yep. it it so much of life is being able to like not take yourself too seriously, right? And like right just kind of take everything as it comes at you and be able to laugh at it. And like, I feel like that's something that I, I've got a, a 10 year old and a three year old and I'm constantly talking with my 10 year old about like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, don't be like, everything doesn't, you don't have to worry about everything so much. Like just let yeah. it roll, laugh. Like we're recording this um, on December 8th. And um, we had a, a Christmas parade just outside of our neighborhood. They shut down like one of the main roads here in town. And um yep we have a whole bunch of people over to our house. We, we rent a golf cart and we ride up to it and like check it out. And then we bust everyone back on the golf cart. And it's just super fun. Like, you know, Christmas tradition here. And, um, mm. 
so we're like in the last golf cart heading home after the parade. And it's me, my wife, my mom, a couple of the other kids, one of our friends and her daughter, and you know, all of us just kind of ride in and we're singing Christmas carols, like driving through the neighborhood with hundreds of people walking around. And my daughter's like, I'm out, like, just like totally like hops out of the golf cart. She's like, this is embarrassing. I'm not going to do be a part of this. And we were like, all right, well, we're cranking it up another like 13 notches now, <laughs> like just because you're upset about it. Like, we're going to, we're going to show you how fun it is to be stupid, you know, <laughs> like so, so she's, it, reached, man. she's reached that like, my oh yeah. Not cool stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. I'm yeah, at that. 10. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's rough. Now your oldest is your son though, right? Yeah. He's four. I feel yeah, like that's so more he's... a girl thing than a guy thing. Like, I feel like that's going to come sooner in age with your daughter than it'll come with your son, you know? Probably. Yeah. Like, I could be way wrong just, on that, but I remember like, I think growing up, I, I, I was so like kind of clueless about all this family stuff in general. I like just didn't even feel like I just didn't care. I, I'm pretty bad in that. I'm pretty like unsentimental. I think <laughs> in my, in my like personal life in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's funny. I, I just don't, I don't remember caring like so much about that kind of stuff growing up as a you know teenager. I was just, it, it didn't even like register to me. <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, everybody's got their own thing, but it, it's fun. It's just funny to me the like, I love, I, and it, maybe it's part of it's like, um, self aggrandizing to some extent of like with doing this podcast. Cause it's constantly like me talking with dudes laughing about like how much we suck at being dads at times and all that. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm not one to like take stuff overly serious. And I, I think it's, it, it's gotta be fun. Um, kind of working for a company where you're almost making fun of the taking it serious thing. Like that's gotta be a fun way of just kind of like, blowing off steam being stupid and having fun while you're doing your job oh, yeah yeah it's still caring yeah. about your job like you're caring about not caring which is, is no fun. well <laughs> no yeah and i mean think i think i mean yeah we care carry on care we care a lot i think it's, sure you know because for us it's like you know it's not just a bunch of silly marketing granted it is that but it's also um you know getting people off single-use plastics and um, you know, because we kind of have this all, this whole like death to plastic thing. And yeah. so, um, you know, I was obviously stoked to, to join the company and, and, and do this, but like, you know, the kind of the eco punk side of me wanted was most stoked about that, that side of thing, because I think what's really neat about the brand is it, I just see people caring and, 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 you know, obviously everyone is thinking about climate change. I mean, I feel like even in the last like year, there's been such a uh, intense focus on it from the media yeah. um, in a, in a way that I haven't seen as much, but you know, everyone there's sort of, everyone's obviously conscious of all this sort of stuff, but I think like to have a brand be able to reach people in a totally un, unassuming and unexpected way I just see people suddenly care and pay attention to the choices that they're making in a way that I, I don't think that they necessarily would before. And so it's sort of, you know, I see it as sort of like getting a little foothold in people's brains. Um, and then, you know, there's chances for other eco messages to come through, but sure. it can't, you know, it can't just be all sort of like 
either doom and gloom or like trigger hugger shit. Like we have to also reach people, um, you know, in, in other ways. So, um, you know, the only, the only way to really change all this stuff is like really systematic change, you know, turning off the faucet. Um, and, you know, we already see there's a lot of, there are other canned water companies that have cropped up, you know, kind of in our shadow. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's cool in some, you know, in some respects. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they won't be able to do what we can do, but I, but I think like, you know, you see even large companies, um, you know, exploring alternative uh, materials. And, and I think like, that's kind of what we're hoping to spark is, is you, people just paying attention to that sort of thing. Yeah. But along the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like no. along those lines, because you're a dude that plays outdoors that enjoys being outside. You guys live out in California, you or specifically in LA right now. Like you guys yep. have not been spared anything in the world of, you know, fires and droughts and yep. all that kind of shit as of late. But, but yep. you're, you know, four years into this whole parenthood thing. Do you think about that kind of stuff? Just the environmental impact things differently since becoming a dad. And I like, we can go as green and tree hugger in this conversation as you want. Like, I think we probably are, are see pretty eye to eye on a lot of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, it's funny to me. I'll say this, then I'll let you change the question. Like, it's funny to me. I feel like probably when we were growing up, there was so much of this conversation about like, we're going to save the earth for our kids, blah, 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 future generations. And then yeah. it feels like it's fucking here, like now. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. As a so, anyways, as a parent, like, do you feel like that your views on all that have evolved, or changed, or you think about it more, or whatever? I I mean, it, it's I don't think they've evolved. I think it's just that like it becomes more concrete, right? It's like I I kind of look at um, it, it's like rather than extending to the, you know, to the mid or end of your life when you're imagining your timeline, you suddenly go to the mid or end of this, this is going to sound grotesque, but <laughs> the dark, but like, you know, it like, it extends the, your time frame when you think about the environment, right? Like it used to be like all about me. Right. And so, but now it's like, no, but it's me plus the, you know, plus 33 years that, that, you know, from when my child was born. And so it's like, um, I don't know that, that stuff, it, it just becomes, it becomes a lot more concrete, I guess, in, in some ways. And, you know, I, like last, last year, um, we had a huge, this, you know, the Bobcat fire here in Los Angeles, in yeah. the, the mountains up here and, um, this huge fire that scorched, you know, the whole places where I spent a lot of my time running, uh, up in the Angeles crest. And, um, I just remember, you know, it's during COVID also, or sorry, it was like the end of 2019, maybe it was, um, it was like, it was during COVID. We were all, I might have time off, but it, it was during no, you're right. Cause we're I think that backyard. fire was like right before the big Australia fires, which were right before the yes, start of COVID. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. What is time anymore? Anyway. Yeah. Who the um, fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm it's like, COVID and fires. It? That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but I just remember like being in my backyard with our kids. We're like hunkered down already because like the world's ending. And then on top of that, there's just like ash raining down in our backyards, on our table, you know, on our patio. Because the only place we could be, like the only refuge we had was to be outside. 
and like this little patio that we have in our backyard. And then you just literally see it like snowing gray ash in our yard. And I was like, the world is, the world is literally ending. Like this is it. And um, that was a really sort of, that was a, a really scary moment, I think. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, you know, stats, um, you know, essentially, I, I think this stat is right. I'm going to maybe butcher it, but it's like by 2080, winter will be essentially half as long as it is now. Right. And so we just, you kind of start to look around at that kind of stuff and, and, um, man, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bleak. I guess like I then sometimes just like picture my kids living in like the water world world or something, or like, I don't know, just like some weird apocalyptic future. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I, I guess that's my answer is like, I, you know, it, it feels just concrete in a way that I, I don't think I would think about quite as much if I had children. No, I agree. I mean, it definitely feels like, it feels like there's more, Yeah, I mean that it just matters more, right? Like there's just more oomph yeah. to put into it. But I I wonder too, like where that where that threshold is, because it's like you're you're seeing so much more, you know, like at least where we live. I mean, we had an an oddly cold November, and it was like mm-hmm. it's gonna be 70 tomorrow in the next couple of days here, which is like fucked up and it's like was in like the 20s and 30s for like multiple weeks and then we're up in the 70s and then we're supposed to like bomb out again and shit and like that's not just normal weather patterns like that's weird global climates of of warmer air coming out of the gulf and the jet streams being different and all this kind of shit but it's like that's the stuff that you you look at and i think one of the things that i think like happened through the pandemic for me at least is you got kind of what you were saying like you got to where you were spending so much time outside with your family. Cause like, well, maybe not mm. you guys, cause California got weird, but like, you know, it was like, we would run up to the mountains. We would go play in the creeks. We would go do that kind of shit because like, that yeah. was what there was to do. And right. you, you appreciate those things that are in your backyard that much more in those moments. And then oh, it's right. like, Oh God, how quickly this could go away. Like, I mean, it doesn't take much yeah. for it to just be yeah. gone. Yeah. Totally. You know? I mean, I mean, you know, like, like I said, that, that, fire really gutted a good part of the forest and now you know the races that we have the i'm sure you talked about with dom the angeles crest 100 yeah like that goes through there like you know that's canceled for two years now as that recovers and you know it's um it, it you know i work with protect our winners i've helped out with them a lot and they've um you know it started as like a snow sports organization uh, you know, skiers and snowboarders, but then, you know, they've quickly started to add trail runners and climbers and, and all of the, you know, mountain bikers and all the kinds of athletes, because it's like the, um, you know, you, it's not just snow impacted. It's, it's like, you know, runners are all, our races are canceled. You can't hold the races because the air quality or the course has been, you know, yeah. I can't tell you how many races where, where we're like holding our breath, whether it's going to start or not, because there's a fire, um, you know, like, you know 50 miles away that smoke's blowing over or whatever so it's yeah it's it's definitely gnarly but you know i the the flip side of this i guess since we're here to talk about like you know families and stuff is like you know i i question it 
you know, the, the worst thing you can do for the environment is to have a child essentially. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it really is right. No, it's like, you're not it's wrong. Like it's, a, it's funny. And you're just adding, you know, adding another, another human being to that and you just instantly doubling your impact. Um, you know, and so that was a, you know, I don't think that was like anything that we really deeply thought against, or at least, I mean, for me, I, I was, it, it definitely was a thought. I think for my wife, it kind of didn't matter. You know, I, I still think, you know, it's well, again, I mean, not that I'm, not that I'm mad my children are here. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. But, it, like... but you know, it's like we all, in some way, you know, do bear some responsibility just even by the pure fact of replicating ourselves. <laughs> but I think you that's know? where you get those opportunities to run down certain rabbit holes with it and you go, okay. So, and I think this is a good, like, this is a healthy and productive conversation to have on a lot of fronts because then you go, all right. So, I'm going to have two kids. Most families have two kids, right? Whatever. Like that's the, whatever it is. Like the average is two and a half or 1.8 or whatever the fuck it is anymore. So do I feed my kids like the most commercially raised ground beef and we eat a shit ton of red meat all the time? Or do we like sure. have conversations with our kids about like, I mean, this whole like meatless Monday thing. And we try to, when we do buy chicken, we try to buy chicken that's from a good trusted, certified, organic, free range, all like, you know, there's these opportunities to talk about some of this kind of stuff with our kids. And I think it's, I think it's funny. Like I, um, I remember really early on some, when, when my wife and I met our, my, my daughter was two and, Mm -hmm. um, I, um, so when I, when I first met her and was like cooking for my wife, you know, like, like, you know, doing the whole dating thing and like cooking dinner all the time, which we cooked dinner all the time anyways, but back then it was like a thing. Right. And right, uh, right. More yeah, I remember, I remember like one of the times I went over to Michelle and Anderson's house. I'm, I think I was roasting a whole chicken or something. And Anderson comes up to me and she's like, Hey, Anthony, like, what's that? And I'm like, well, that's a chicken. And she's like, mm. what do you, what do you mean? That's a chicken. And I remember, I mean, I will never forget to this day. Michelle was like, Why'd, why'd you tell her it was a chicken? I'm like, cause it's a fucking chicken. Like, I mean, that's, that's what happens is you kill a chicken and then it turns into food. Like it's not always a breast, like in a, in a package, Wait, like you got a, what was, what was she calling it before? Oh no, no, no. She was calling it chicken, but she was like three and had no, like, think about your perspective, uh, okay. right? Like, of, yeah, yeah, like yeah, totally. You know, it's your kids see your kids see a chicken breast come home or whatever. They don't think right. through that component of it no, and, i mean totally. it was hilarious because like i mean I, I will never forget like between michelle being like i can't believe you just popped that bubble i'm gonna have to deal with all that now and i'm looking at anderson like yeah bacon <laughs> comes from pigs hamburgers yeah. come from cows like let's run this train right now like yeah this is real life shit man like you know it doesn't just like totally show up you kill something to eat that you've got you know and then you you have those opportunities you know here we are eight years later and it's like my daughter did, did this week long camp up in the Smoky Mountains um, this summer. And we went, we were up in the mountains a couple of days later, just hanging out. And she was like, Dad, did you know that you could eat this if you're foraging and you could eat that? And I'm like, that's really fucking cool. Like now you have both that's sides awesome. of the, of the equation there. But it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like when you think about our, you know, the self, selfishly, you want to have one or two kids or maybe more than that because we enjoy having kids to some extent, not all the time, but sometimes. But like, 
you know, yeah. how do we teach them to be better stewards of what we have versus just like going and grabbing a plastic water bottle all the time when you could grab oh, yeah. an aluminum can or you could refill your water bottles from home or, you know, like 100%. It's just those types of conversations <clears throat> we, we have to, we're now more empowered to have to, not even empowered, we're now more obligated to have to have if we want to fix it. You know, right? No, well, I think it's interesting because you're like you're sort of comparing when we were being raised to to now, and I mean, you know, my four year old is like Parks is like, yeah, he's super into you know environmental stuff. He'll he'll repeat stuff back, and you know, we we're we're definitely kind of like getting some of that stuff in there and and teaching about it, and he really gloms onto it. Um, and, and so that gets me excited because like, to your point, I think like growing up, it would be like, it's earth day. And you would come mm-hmm. home with like a little like pine tree that you'd plant in your backyard. That would like a week later, is just totally be dead. Totally dead. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, we saved the earth. And like, that was the extent of it. Right. And now you have, you know, like boy and slat, like, you know, trying to clean up the entire Pacific garbage patch. And you have, you know, all these, you know, you have all these, you know, he, he's not young anymore, but you know, you have, you know, it's just, it's so much more in the conscious. And, and I think what you're getting at is like, at least there's such a, a bigger conscious that that at, at least gives me hope um, that there's a whole generation that, that is just going to be raised in it and aware of it and, and be able to make like, frankly, systematic change that we are probably unable to make. Or no, I would agree. We'll come extremely slowly into like, well, and it's, it's one of those things that I find funny. So I I've interviewed a ton, especially as of late, like of just endurance folks, be it yeah. ultra marathoners, even just ultra runners in general, like cyclists, whatever it may be. And yeah. it's everybody, all of us in that realm carry a lot of this weight and this burden, I feel like, because we, because that is our playground, right? I mean, it's everyone's playground, but we just are the ones out in it more, you know? And like when, if my daughter and I go mountain biking or anytime we go hiking as a family, or even just like walking through a park, I normally, if I've got a backpack, normally have like a, you know, a plastic throwaway bag in it that we will pick up trash and throw it in and, and like make a point to talk about that, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, because that's our, I was funny enough as we were, as I was getting ready for the show, you, you're in your show notes, put about doing the, the, the Barkley marathons. And then just also your, your 314 mile vol state race across Tennessee. <laughs> and yeah. I was thinking about, as we were kind of talking about some of this, like you had to pass a shit ton of trash on that run in Tennessee, man. Cause our roads are Dude. dirtier than shit. And it like, it pisses me off every time I'm out on them. But you're not in, at least you're not in West Tennessee. West Tennessee is gnarly. Really? Because, like, yeah, so we, so this race is, all states is, is basically to explain, you start in yeah, Missouri. Please. Yeah, so you start in Missouri. It's the same guy that puts on Barkley, uh, Lazarus Lake. And you literally start on the, uh, Missouri on a ferry. You, he starts the gun, you know, the, the race starts and then you just walk onto the ferry and then you take like a 20 minute ferry ride as the clock is ticking to Kentucky. Then you're in Kentucky run through that for maybe 10 or 12 miles. Then you're in Tennessee for essentially 300 miles. Uh, n- the entire time, no aid, 
no support whatsoever. You're literally like living off the land, which the land basically means like gas stations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> literally. And then, and then you're in Alabama for like two miles and then Georgia for like another two miles at the end. Yeah. So you actually are in five different States, but, um, but you essentially run, it, it finishes kind of near Chattanooga. So you, you pretty much run across the whole, you know, most of the state of Tennessee, but, um, yeah, it was so funny in the in the western part of the state, and I because I don't know if the I don't know if it's just the people or if there are laws or what, but the western part of the state is all Mountain Dew cans that are crushed on the side of the road. It's just all like <laughs> soda cans and primarily like Mountain Dew, and then as you kind of like get more towards the east, then it turns into like beer cans and stuff like that. But the west, <laughs> the western side was like no alcohol you're like out on the baptist side a little bit more or something right yeah i I think right is that the deal it's like maybe i mean i'm i would not be surprised if that's the case yeah so and also the roadkill was significantly higher and crazier in the west i saw i made a list somewhere actually i should pull it out i made a list after the race of all the different roadkill i saw i mean (laughs) like i saw fish that were roadkill i was like why is there a dead fish on the road um (laughs) you know, turtles, snakes, this, like, I mean, the, as, as, if something has ever been living, it has it's, been smashed on the side of the road. It's been killed on the road in West Tennessee. Tennessee. For sure, yeah. <laughs> See, my, my, a lot of my riding buddies around here, we, we always called it road pizza. Um, <laughs> you know, it's got that, got that nice little flair to it. <laughs> it's, it's, and then it's also like 30% armadillo, like 30% yeah. of the kills are armadillo out there. It's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. There's some, West Tennessee is a special place, <laughs> dude. All of Tennessee is. <laughs> well, that is very true. <laughs> yeah, that's that is yeah. very true. All of Tennessee is a very special place. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've never talked to anybody who did uh who who's done Barkley, man. That's um, mm. that's a wild journey, huh? Yeah, yeah. Barkley is um, yeah. It's a it's a really special race. It's a really you know. Um, it, it, it's cool. Cause you really feel like you're kind of on hallowed ground with all the history and all the, I guess, history and mystery that goes into it. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's pretty fun to be a little bit on like the inner circle of that and see how it unfolds and be there during, you know, over the course of the race and the weekend. And, um, yeah, it's just, it is something that you have to really devote. I mean, everyone that talks about it, it's like, you have to devote your life to it. If you're in it, it's, it's like Barclay or nothing at that point. Um, but you also, I guess the one, the one saving grace to that is like, you have no time to train for it. By the time you find out that you're in it, you know, you have a matter of a couple of months to get ready. Wow. So it's just, it's, it's, um, it's full on when you're training for it. And I, I was training for it and then cut to, what was it? March 13th when the whole world shut down for COVID. Yeah. And the race was supposed to be a week later, two weeks later that year. And so basically we'd all been training for it. Had, had like just put my, I literally, I literally, pushed off a job by four months in order to train for this as my job before liquid death they had 
I was going to take, I was going to get, take this offer um, from this ad agency that I was starting at. And the day I was going to call them and tell them that I was going to take the job. I got my letter of condolences from, from Barclay, which is the thing, the thing you get that says, you know, we regret to inform you that you've been selected to run the Barclay yeah. marathons. Um, and I was like, Oh fuck. And <laughs> so I had to call this job and be like, Hey, so I was going to use this call to like accept the position, but then I found out I got into this race. And so I need to spend the next like three and a half months of my life training for it. And they were like, what? <laughs> and they're like, you know, it's this whole thing called the Barkley marathons. And like you run through the woods, and you're finding books and all this. And, and they're like, we have a guy who runs marathons here. Like he's able to do his job and work. And I was like, it's no, no, it's, no, no, no. it's different. I was like, let me just send you a link to the documentary. I can't really explain it <laughs> to their credit. They let me um, postpone this job by like four months. Wow. Um, so I just stayed freelance and devoted to training and like, and then a week before we were supposed to do the race, uh, we all decided to cancel it for safety. And so I was just like, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but that was, that was also tough. I mean, that's, like training, you know, and having kids and all that, that stuff is, is quite difficult. I think like the whole ultra pursuit in general, it's just a, you know, it's a fairly selfish sport, you know, uh, and just in terms of your time spent doing it. And so I know that's always kind of like, that's always a, a dance between, you know, career and family and running for me, for sure. That's probably what I struggle with the most, you know? Well, you re- you, you, you read my mind or stole my question. Cause that's kind of where I was going to yeah. go next with this. So, I mean, how do you, how does that balance work for you? Cause I mean, it's so it's something we talk about a lot on the show is yeah. kind of, and I, I wrap it all into that mental health umbrella of like, yeah, I'm a better dad, husband, whatever, everything. When I get my work, when I get to go for a run or go for a bike ride every day. Right. Like I totally. just, it, it completes yep. me. It gives me that ability to, give more of myself in other places. And like, you want to have those pursuits of your own that you can do to feed yourself, yeah. but you also have to, you know, do the family thing. But I mean, what, how is that, how is that adventure spirit for you changed through fatherhood? And, and I mean, how do you, yeah. how do you handle it? Not well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how, um, I mean, you know, it's funny. I think when, I'm, I'm sure you have uh, the book, like bringing up baby. I'm sure that's been mentioned on this podcast, like five yeah. times. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think like that, that, you know, we read it before we had kids and um, you know, I think that mentality of like your kid fits into your world and they're going to probably be better for it. Um, that was sort of, you know, I think that's the posture that I've always, that we've always taken with our, with our kids. It's like, it's like, you're here, like, you're gonna, you're gonna figure it out for yourselves. I'm, I'm just in general, kind of like, I'm intentionally and mindfully hands off on a lot of things. Um, because I'd try to like, let my kids explore and like, figure it out and solve stuff on their own. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think our, our, I think the whole thing was like, you're going to fit in. I'm, I don't want my life to change 
materially, except that it's better that my children are here and I get to share things with them. But in terms of like lifestyle, I don't want, I don't want that to change. And so, um, I think it was funny actually when my, when Harks, my, my firstborn was around when he was like his kind of first year, I had the best racing year of my life. I had like, I won a bunch of a couple races. I just was like on fire because I had such a limited window of time where I could get out in the morning and go run that I like either a had to get up hyper early and to go make it happen. And then B I had to like that little time window that I had away was so intense because I knew it was all I had, but I, it was, it was, uh, my training was great. And I, I had the best racing and running career a year of my career, the year that my kid was born, which is like counterintuitive, I think. Yeah. Um, but it, it pri- you have to prioritize so much differently in it. Like, yeah, it unlocks these different things when you start moving those, those boxes around a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it also changes with age. Like right now I'm having a really hard time because my kids are, you said it's like two and four and they're just getting a the hard where gap. it's like, yeah. it, it's like they, they kind of, they're w- like sometimes wake up really early and they like need stuff and they're, 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 they're really fun and, and like almost independent, but not quite there. And oh, so yeah. it's like, they're really, they're in that, that phase. So like the last year or even like specifically like last six months have been really hard uh, just for me to be able to manage time. And I, I feel like I'm like slightly crawling out of that hole right now, um, hopefully. But um, yeah, I think, it, I think I'm learning. I thought I'd figured out like early on, like as you all, you're like, Oh, it'll be easy. I'll just get up super early and it'll be great. And then, and then like they get older and then something changes and then your, your whole plan goes to shit. Yeah. Or and you, so, you hit, you hit that phase where, and, and like, I hate this shit more than anything where it's like, you, you're in this rhythm of like getting up early to get your workouts in. Right. And then you, you get the like sleep regression stage where the kid's up at like four thirty five yeah. for like two weeks. And you're like, motherfucker, like you just took my window to work out today because totally. you had to get up at five o'clock. And now like it's middle of the day and you're napping and I've got another window, but I'm tired as shit and I don't want to go for a run right now. You know, and it's like, yeah. and then, and then all of a sudden they start sleeping in again and you're like, well, now I have to get up again. Or like, you just, it's always yeah. this, like there, there's no, yeah. the only thing that's consistent is that it's inconsistent as hell. Right. Like, totally. <laughs> and that you just got to kind of roll with it, but no, it's that, 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 that part of it makes for a wild ride. Do, do, have you found that you like, had to have some conversations with yourself about like not being hard on yourself about it being challenging or about missing workouts or like, cause I, like, I find that I, yeah. I found at least that I would like really like get negative on myself about it. Like, damn it. Why yeah. didn't you do this or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh. I feel like in a good, like, it's probably not great, but I feel like my training has always been kind of cyclical. Um, in that like I will have an off season. I'll like let myself get like fat <laughs> and then like, and then I, but I know I can always come back from that and I can always like, and, and so I don't, I don't tend to get too worried about that. I don't think, um, I think it's more like, I don't know the, the, the thing I always think about when like stuff's like really gnarly or we're in like just a, and this is more just like general parenting stuff, but like in a ridiculously, stupid or dumb situation where there's like 
bodily fluids around <laughs> or like the children are losing it. I always like to pull out for a second and like imagine that I'm watching a movie about this poor fucking dude who's like in it, like some like bad, you know, like rom-com or like family comedy movie and how hilarious it is because it's so like cliche. And then that, that like always like whatever, if I'm ever feeling like too in it, I like to pull out and imagine the movie of it. And it's hilarious. And I'm just like, yeah, this is sort of ridiculous. Like you just have to <laughs> roll with it and laugh. And so that that's usually like my kind of weird coping mechanism, I think. No, I think it's good. It's a, it's a good full circle way to, to kind of take the conversation from how we started with the whole, like kind of not taking yourselves too seriously. I mean, again, yeah. I, I say that with a caveat, but like, the whole liquid death thing to hear it's like man life is yeah. just life is just bonkers right now like we're in yes. this stage of life where it's just controlled chaos at on its best day right like yeah and yeah. uh and i don't know you just gotta kind of steer into it sometimes and be like ah, fuck Dude, it. <laughs> life is life is so absurd it's it's like you have to enjoy the wackiness in the wild and it's like yeah I, that's that's sort of how i guess my overarching philosophy is like lean into it <laughs> and, <laughs> and then just enjoy how like stupid shit is because if you can, man, it's, it's more fun that way for sure. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, man, let's, uh, let's hit some of our not so rapid, rapid fire. That's a great, I like, yeah. that's a great way to kind of leave the, yeah. the main section of the conversation. I love that. Um, uh, well, this, this may be a good segue into it for us. What's, uh, what's been your most embarrassing moment as a dad? I'll say you can, like, you can play with the word embarrassing if you need to a little bit. Yeah. That. I was going to say most ashamed to get like, really, I think like, I remember when my, when parks was like really young, he was, um, he was really colicky when he was first born. Mm-hmm. And I just remember when he was in the middle of the night, like he would just be losing his mind. And I, I, I think there's like this level of like, dad rage that i yeah. never knew existed uh-huh. that was like i was so fucking angry at this like two-month-old child yeah at in the middle of the night and it was like and it, it was like one like two or three times i caught myself about how fucking angry i was and that was really that was like weirdly scary because i don't get angry no, um that was that was really gnarly i would say that's like probably my most like ashamed i guess which is adjacent to embarrassed <laughs> i um i'll never forget there was one night with my son um so my wife's an er doc so she works uh night shifts a lot and i it was just one of those nights right like getting two kids to bed by yourself and i've got seven yeah. years in between the two of them so it's like nobody's on wow, anyone yeah. near the same schedule and uh, I had gotten my daughter down, I think, and I was trying to get Ollie down still. And like, he just was fussing and fighting and whatever. And man, I, like, I don't, I swear I like blacked out, like going yeah. up the stairs and like kicked it, like didn't kick, but like slung his door open and then slammed it back shut and was like enough. Yeah. And like, I don't even remember doing that until like after I had done it. And then I'm like, Oh, I suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just remember like pulling him out of his crib and like sitting in his rocking chair with him and like, yeah being pretty close to like having a tear if i didn't have one like rolling out and being like why the fuck did i just yell at this little like yeah thing again where did that come from and i and i I mean i i left his room i came downstairs and i remember calling my parents and being like 
what the fuck? Like that sucked. Like that was a level of rage that I didn't think was possible over like totally just being frustrated over something. Like it's a, it's a crazy fucking thing. Yeah. There's a deep well there that I like, don't want to explore farther. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that thing we're good. <laughs> I, I like peered over. I like saw it and I was like, no, do not want to go down in that. Yeah. Thing. But, it's, <laughs> but yeah. The, the flip side of that though, is the, the emotions are big on both sides. Right. So like, Totally. That the rage yeah. can be big, but the love in the same breath is like, oh yeah, it is wildly big too. It like un, in, in comparison, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's nuts. But um, oh well, that was a fun. We're maybe we'll get DCS called on us. Um, <laughs> um, what is um, what's the most important lesson that you learned from your dad? You know, I think like being really honest being, you know, I think it's, I I don't know that I can point to like a specific lesson, but I think he modeled his life in such a way that he just, all his values were sort of downloaded into me. And I think we approach things very differently, but, um, but he's really like gracious and, um, he had a, he had a really awful childhood. His dad was frankly a really terrible person. And, um, and I'm only now even starting to learn like some of the extent of, of, of how bad it was when he was growing up. He's kind of like, finally, he's been working through that stuff himself. And so just the, the mere fact that like he ended up such a, as such a wonderful kind loving person as he did um it's just kind of like a testament to like his sort of steadfastness i guess in a way that's that's pretty awesome man yeah um well we'll kick it back lighthearted for a second what's uh (laughs) now this is is the joy of rapid fire it's very emotional um what's uh (laughs) we listening to audiobooks podcasts music whatever what's what's what what you got in your on your playlist oh man um listen to right now i'm like i'm just a like an npr podcast sucker so i'm like the boring like radio lab this american life like that sort of thing it's such good stuff though man like it's not like just yeah it's just it's like the classics it's like it's like what movies do you like you're like jurassic park it's like yeah no shit um um yeah i almost know. like it's, saying it's arrested like, development's one of your favorite tv shows there homie well it should be if it's not <laughs> you rethink your life choices um yeah no i mean i'm i feel like i'm listening i, I feel like it's funny i kind of grew up on all, all this like you know punk and hardcore and stuff and, and then yeah. like and then like kind of drifted away into like other stuff and now that i'm back at liquid death i'm like <laughs> i'm like <laughs> bathing myself back in it. it yeah yeah, just like bathing in it and and so that's kind of fun to like you know kind of uncover and and rediscover a lot of like uh stuff i haven't listened to so i'm kind of enjoying being back in that again i went on a, a couple of my cousins but my dad's side of the family we we did these family reunions every summer and i mean it was a ton of us there's like over like close to 30 cousins and my dad's one of six wow. and we would all get together in one house like Holy it was shit. just super fun um but we, um, 
we uh a group of us, a couple of us guys went and rented a, a Airbnb in Asheville a couple mm-hmm. weeks back and just got together and hung out. We hadn't seen each other in a little while and very like went very hard down the like punk rock rabbit hole, like on the car ride over and like the whole time we were there. And it was hilarious because it was like, oh, shit, this is stuff I have not listened to in forever. <laughs> like, yeah, like the flood of memories and everything that came back with it was pretty, uh, pretty hilarious. <laughs> It's the best. It 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 makes you like feel kind of like half flame, and then you're like, I don't care. This yeah, like so fucking shit. rips. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, man. Well, two more to you. What's uh? How do you define success? Hmm. For myself, or in sure. general, I guess. For yourself. Um, That's a good clarification. I, I think for myself, you know, I I guess I'm pretty like simplistic. I guess like for me, success is um, creating something that I enjoy. And, and I guess to, that could be whether that's like, that means like, you know, creating a, a, cohesive happy family unit or you know creating a, a brand that i love that i'm getting to bring to life or like just creating a a run that i'm on that like this morning and and like kind of building building that as i'm doing it and um i think like i approach everything again sort of with this like creative bent behind it so to me it's about yeah, it's about cr- creating something essentially, and then hopefully it's something that that I love. But I don't think it needs to be anything more high minded than that. Yeah, that's a cool answer, man. I, I I don't ask everyone that one. That's one I've kind of been throwing in here and there, and I'm really enjoying yeah. it. Like the the answers I'm getting off of that. It's a it's I fun kind of it's it's a fun one to pick into people's brains on. I had a guy the other week who is he said like basically I define success as like being happy every day and he's like and i don't mean for that to sound like a, a cop-out answer or whatever and like as he was answering right. it i'm like no i totally get that like it's like looking yeah. for that joy in whatever it is that you're doing so as you were saying the creative piece i was thinking about that like that's your yeah that's your thing man like it 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 feeds you yeah and i, I don't yeah and i think that because that is what sparks happiness and i don't think it needs to you know i think like it, it's funny we're like we were, we we're looking at schools for parks right now. And that's a whole rabbit hole that I don't even want to talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife and I were like, what is that? We were trying to talk about like, what's the, if we were trying to look at a school and like, what's the thing that they, what's the one thing that we would want to make sure that this place values in like, and, and so that was kind of a good question. It's like, what is, what do you value what what's like the most important thing you want to instill in your children? And I was like, I think like ultimately it was like curiosity because I think like that is the thing that unlocks everything else to me. And, and I think that's the thing that breeds success and all these other things is like, you have to have that want to like tinker and get out in the world and, and explore. And, and so like, to me, that's sort of, the, I guess to me, at least that's the predecessor of success right? It's like the first part is like this curiosity. And then that sets you up to, to go then like 
create something wonderful with that little spark of something. Um, so, yeah. I love that. I was going to, my next question to you was, was going to be what trade of yours do you <laughs> hope your kids inherit? But I feel like you just yeah. like, there you, you just totally took totally. it right there. Like that was. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, it was sort of what I was saying. It's like, it, it's like my whole method with my kids is, is to like, go let them, go let them loose. And it's, a, I'm sure you see this with your wife. It's like, you guys probably have extremely different parenting styles and that are probably sure. like, I think most people do, right. You'd sort of naturally yeah, have this like sure. yin yang in your relationship. And so I think where my, my wife is great about like being hands-on and doing crafts and like really being in it with them. I like really find myself doing the opposite where, where I'm just like, fucking go for it and get dirty and like, like, you know, go over there and see what that thing is. And, and so, um, that's my, like, yeah, that's my nefarious way of instilling my weird, like curiosity into my children. Well, I, think. I mean, how the hell is you? We have this, we have this awesome little like water runoff thing behind our house. So when we get mm. a good rainstorm, like it's like so much so that like the kids can't be anywhere near it when we got a lot of rain, but like there's that fine <laughs> line in between where there's like a shit ton of water rolling through it and you can stand in yeah. it and it feels like you're in a Creek or whatever. And man, there was one day, this is like last, it may have been this spring. So it was like warm enough to be out in like a, in a, in a nice rain. And my little dude's in like his rain boots and jeans and he's like splashing the water and getting soaked. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to lay down in this. I'm like, yeah, man, party on, like do your thing. <laughs> and, um, awesome. you know, I come oh, back man. and we, we come up on the screen porch and I'm like stripping them down. And my wife's like, what are you doing? You let him get in in his jeans. I'm like, well, yeah. Like what the fuck was I supposed to do? Come get his bathing suit first. Like, yeah. She's like, but his jeans are wet. I'm like, well, now he knows not to lay in a puddle in jeans. <laughs> right. How else do you know oh, that man. jeans suck when they're wet? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like now he knows that awful feeling of wet yeah. jeans walking around Don't in those splash things. Splash in puddles. It sucks. Or if you yeah. do, be yeah. okay with the fact that your jeans are wet. <laughs> yep. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm jealous of your kids, man. That having like having access to like a waterway of any sort of the child. Oh, no, no, no. I, like, it's literally runoff water. So like, don't be like, <laughs> okay. he probably shouldn't have been laying in it. Like, okay. like let's, let's be All real right. clear about like, it was more the like hypoderm or the more the like needles and pieces of glass rolling through that we needed to be worried about uh, that his jeans being wet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I yeah. gotcha. All right. Yeah. Then I take it. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you for imagining a beautiful Creek in my backyard, but no. <laughs> well, no, because that's kind of how I grew up in Michigan is like, I had, not in my backyard but i definitely had like easy access to that at my friends houses and, and like yeah i wish that's my one thing for my kids is like i really wish that um we were like able to give them that like really kind of semi-pastoral oh yeah upbringing that like but but i think both my wife and i had like just growing up in the midwest that's like not something you get in the fucking middle of LA. Right. Um, with all, like, <laughs> concrete and everything. So got to work that one out. Concrete jungle, brother. Oh, yeah, well, dude. cool. Um, Andy, man, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the pod. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say bye and whatever, and then just hang on for a second after I, I kill the recording. Yeah. But um, for, for folks who want to um, follow you on social, all that good jazz, where, where's the best place for people to be able to find you? Um, I'm at, I guess the instas are the best. Uh, it's, I even shot this. Um, and because my website is, I even wrote the sick URL.com. <laughs> find, find my work there. 
Um, and I'm also on Strava since we're talking about that. So you can just yeah, look up, yeah. me up in Strava and see, see the stupid adventures I'm doing. So uh, I asked you this real quick. I keep telling you I'm going to let you go, but I have a quick question. All <laughs> no, your stuff on your, all, all your stuff on your website. Cause I was, I was checking it out. Like, are those all yeah. the things that you were like parts of those projects or are those all things that you kind of created or like, what's the, like your scope of work in the ad world? Like how would it, what is it on that front? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good question. So, because it's um, some really cool, like, there's some pretty big shit on there that's pretty freaking cool, you know? Like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, all that stuff, um, pretty much, you know, I had a, I would say anything on there is like, I had a very major hand in um, from like the conceptual phase to um, the writing that's in it, that to, you know, I didn't, personally like shoot it or edit it but i was you know on the shoot working with the director or you know working with developers to develop this whatever the thing was and then you know and you know again not on the actual computer but overseeing the edit and all that stuff so that's the cool thing is like as an ad creative you sort of get to see your your the thing that you sit around and sketch and then you know think about it and write a notebook all the way to like coming to life and you're standing on set and all these people are running around trying to like make your idea real. And then you get to take it all the way to the, to the end point. So, um, yeah, I, I had a, I, you know, very integral hand in pretty much anything you see there. Cool, man. I liked the, yeah. uh, more like the, the house of cards one, especially that was, oh, that yeah. was timely. <laughs> yeah. 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 That worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, more, to, more to come for sure with liquid death. We are, constantly putting out stuff all the time so um you you will not be disappointed with the amount of crazy stuff we'll be putting on the world soon well i have not been yet and as i said earlier <laughs> not that you need me to sit here and plug it but it really is just damn good water i've been i've been sitting here tonight i, I, I had a i had a <laughs> an athletic brewing beer because i'm tired of mm. shit tonight and uh, a can of liquid death and it's been a it's been a nice it's been a nice evening <laughs> Good. Um, well, man, thanks for your time. I enjoyed having you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. A big thanks to Andy for joining me on the pod this week. Be sure to tune in next week for another great episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Wake Dead Drink Repeat community. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And as always, remember to Wake Dead Drink Repeat. Cheers, everyone. Wake Dead Drink Repeat is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. The show is produced and edited by me, Anthony Palmer. Thanks for tuning in.